thank you very much. Well, we'll continue what we started in Sunday school. Missed some of you this morning. Uh, really don't have time to go back and introduce myself to you. Uh, but I hope that you will be challenged. Uh, it's going to hurt. Uh, all those... Uh, so anyway, uh, thank you for being here. We're, we're looking at John chapter 15, something that we should have got a long time ago. John chapter 15. I said we should have got this when we were seven, seven years old, in a Christian home. I was not reared in the Christian home. I, uh, we did not have the Bible. Uh, my mother was a drunkard. Uh, my daddy left when I was 12. I was on the streets at 14. I had no choice in the family which I was born. God handpicked my parents. Did he make his first mistake when he, he handpicked I had no choice. I don't think that I would have chosen a drunkard for a mother or a dad that left, you know, but God makes no mistake. God allowed those to make me the Christian I am today. I was not a Christian then, but he used those things. It's not their fault. It's my fault. It's not Adam's fault. Uh, You know, you complained this morning. You know, he was up all night last night. Jesus was up all night last night. He was on his throne. Christ in us, Galatians 2.20, I'm crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, Christ liveth in me, as norm. And so Christ lives in you, in the person of the Holy Spirit. He's trying to build character in his kids. That's what I'm at. I'm one of his kids. Romans 8.14 says, For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. So I'm one of his. I've experienced new birth. Saw myself a sinner, need of a Savior, couldn't save myself. Therefore, I received the Lord, John 1, 12, but as many as received him, to them give you power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name. And that is simply believing on Jesus as the one who bore my sin, who died in my place, who is buried, whom God resurrected from the dead. And you didn't know a southern boy could talk so fast, did you? I ain't got started. I'm trying to slow down, actually. Just introduction, you didn't get you know me. You know, now I'm a new creature. 2 Corinthians 5, 17. Therefore, if any man received the Lord, if any man got it, uh, God says you're a new creature now. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. There will be a change in the lifestyle of everyone who receives the Lord. No change in your life since you received the Lord? We need to talk. You probably didn't get it. Okay, no chastening going on this morning? No chastening? You're not that good. (laughs) Yeah, none of us are that good. So no chastening going on, we need to talk. For whom the Lord loveth, he chasteneth. And so he's going to get your attention. And the rebellious, well, he knows how to break your rebellion. Remember Jonah? He told Jonah, go to Nineveh. Jonah had his own idea. He went 180 degrees towards Spain, opposite direction. God said, okay, I'm going to get your attention, son. Uh, I can't allow rebellion, disobedience. And so he sent that great fish. <laughs> they couldn't get him off the ship fast enough. Remember the storm? threw that boy off overboard, and he told him what he had done. He was so bold, he told him he had rebelled against God, and they threw him overboard, and then that great fish swallowed him up. I tell you what, in the belly of the great fish, I don't know what great fish God will send you away. That's right. He, he God, God, yeah. I don't know what great uh, fish you're going to send in your life to break your rebellion, but God knows how to break your rebellion. He knows how to break your disobedience, and uh, you don't want to go down that way. See, that's getting to know God better. God knows how to get what you're trying to keep from Him. You've got to get to know Him. You've got to get to know Him. God knows how to get what you're trying to keep from Him. And so, um, 
Everything belongs to God. He can't be Lord of most of it or 10% of it. He's got to be the Lord of it all. And one day you'll, you will bow the knee. One day you will <laughs> get it. But uh, let's just do it now. Just obey God now. Well, I'm not always sure what to do. Well, I'm not always sure what's right. Well, that's why he gave you his instruction manual. Psalm 32, verse 8. I will instruct thee and teach thee in the way that thou shalt go. I will instruct thee and teach thee in the way that thou shalt walk with me by my side, as my friend, as my companion. Uh, I will instruct thee and teach thee in the way that thou shalt worship. I will instruct thee and teach thee, you know, and then trust in the Lord with all thine heart. Lean not to thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy path, Well, he shall direct thy giving. Yeah, you would get it. It is so... It's all, and this is right, right here. We should have got this when we were seven. Some of this stuff that I'm sharing with you now, we should have got when we were seven in a Christian home. Now, I, wasn't, I didn't have the privilege of growing in a Christian home. I'm sorry. But I wish I'd have had that. I didn't have grandma, grandpa, <laughs> or great grandpa. Uh, but so am I at a disadvantage in, in, the, in the family in which, my, which God placed me in? No, no. No, it, it, I, God can use all that. He can help you. So don't look down upon it. Uh, God handpicked my parents. He's never made a mistake. He's, he doesn't owe me an apology. Uh, and so you, I don't know where you're coming from or what your uh, eighth grade education, make straight F through school. I didn't get, I didn't get an education. Uh, I couldn't even pronounce the word therefore at age 30. And some of you kids, you're in a Christian home. You've got a dad that loves the Lord. You have a mom that loves the Lord. And I'm going to tell you, 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 you've got a great advantage, huh? God placed you in the place, and you're going to have to give count one day, you know. And so, uh, so I had to start out with zero. Uh, November 22nd, 87, the age of 30, start out with absolute zero. There is none that seek after God, no, not one. That's me. But you know what? It didn't take me a decade to get on board. It didn't take me a decade to find out what I ought to be doing. And then discipline yourself to do what you've decided and draw nigh to God. And you draw nigh to God by making a decision. Every decision you make will draw you one step closer to I am. And you can make as many decisions as you want. That means that when you make a decision, you may have to get rid of something. And you walk with God. And so, anyway, now we're talking at John chapter 15. John chapter 15, uh, three things. We had talked in Sunday school, three things. Why is it so important that we abide in Him? We abide in Christ. Well, we don't even know what that is. What does it mean to abide in Christ? We'll talk about that. We'll talk about the meaning of abiding in Christ in, the, on the, in, in a minute. But why is it so important that we choose to do what the Bible says to do and keep from doing what it says not to do? Why should we abide in Christ? What's, what's in it for me? You know, what's in it? Why, why should we abide in Christ? And we gave you three things this morning in Sunday school. Verse 5, Jesus says. Now, Jesus is God. Jesus cannot lie. And so I'm fully persuaded. That's my new word, fully persuaded that he actually meant what he said. And so I can take him at his word. See, he's not like, a, like us. He meant what he said, and he actually said what he meant. And so, and so when we say, I surrender all, okay, uh, we, you really, what did you mean by that? Now, he got something else out of it. I'm telling you, when you surrender all, that's your life, your dreams, your plans, your ambition, your goals, your eyes, uh, your eyes, your members, 
Neither yield ye your members as instruments of unrighteousness. And that's your ears and that's your lead foot. And so when you say, I surrender all, uh, that's actually your mouth. (laughs) And you can yield your mouth to God or you can yield it to uh, gossip, (laughs) a servant of unrighteousness or righteousness. You've got to choose who are you going to serve. Can't serve two. Jesus said, no man can serve two masters. God's people have been trying to do it for decades. They've been trying to prove Jesus a liar. And they're going to find out one day that Jesus actually tells the truth. And Jesus said, no man can serve two masters. And we're trying to satisfy God, satisfy the flesh. We're trying to do what God says, uh, you know, and trying to do what the world wants. And so all that's got to change. There's, there's, there's not a plan B. It's a decision. It's the decision you've got to make. And so, John chapter 15, verse 5, Jesus, I'll take that, yeah, you need to memorize this, okay? Blessed is the man that walketh not the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth the seed of the scornful. His delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law that they meditate day and night, and he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water. They bring forth his fruit in his season, his leaf also shall not wither. And see, whatever that Christian does, he's going to prosper. I don't know about you, but I want to be prosperous, <laughs> It's not going to happen by accident. I'll only be well-pleasing to God when I face Him one day. Hebrews 9, 27, appointed unto men once to die, but after this the judgment. Romans 14, 10, we shall all stand before Him. Why? Ask a question, why? Romans 14, 12. So then every one of us shall give an account of himself to God. One day you will submit. Let's just do it now. Let's don't take another decade to get it. Folks, you don't have a decade to get what I'm sharing with you. Christ could come today. I'm telling you, he could come today. He said, I had one preacher, he says, more, I've, I've heard more truth in 30 minutes than I have in 30 years. Isn't that sad? Folks, I'm just, I'm just I know it hurts. It's a raw truth. Isn't it about times somebody, you know, stand up and say, thus saith the Lord, let's live for God, let's do something for God. He's done so much for us. Took upon himself our sins, died in our place, and just out of gratitude, let's lay our life down for the friend who laid his life down for us. And that's what I did. John 12, 24. Verily, verily, I say unto you, Jesus said, except the corn of wheat fall on the ground and die, it abides alone. But if you die, and that's a decision, you've got to choose if you're going to die. Die to what? The life you've made for yourself, the career, the ambitions, the goals. If you will die to the life you've made for yourself, Jesus said, now you'll bring forth much fruit. You'll discover what the Christian life is all about. Normal Christianity 101. And we've missed it, folks. We've missed it. And so you've got to decide. Mark 8, 34, Jesus says, Whosoever will, not every child of God wills to walk with the Creator. That's the purpose of God's working in mankind. The purpose of God working in you, saving you, is not merely to take you to heaven. Man, that would be too, too easy. Get saved and poof, gone. Ha <laughs> ha, man. No character building. You see, this is your life. It's but a vapor. And uh, this is for you got here. This is your life now. He's got three score and ten. If you're good, he may give you a few more years. But he's got three score and ten to build character in you, not only in this world, but the world to come. Well, I thought I was here to... Oh, you got to find out why, you, why are you here. So that you can walk with God by his side, as his friend, as his companion... And as he speaks to you through this book, you are to do what he says. You go where he wants you to go, bring your life in total submission to him, and then God's people on the planet Earth will discover what the normal Christian life is about. And if you don't, if you don't got, if if you're not there yet, you're in a nursery. You've been in a nursery for decades. It's about time that you take a step of faith 
and get out of the nursery. He never intended his kids to stay decades in the nursery. He actually uh, intended us to grow in grace, Second Peter 3.18, but grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. That's why you're here. Uh, right? To grow in grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior. We come to worship him. Amen. Christ in the room, right? You should know this, Matthew 18, 20, where two or three are gathered together in my name. I'm in the midst of my people. He's in the room. Now, we might not live like it, shop like it, or drive like it, but he's in the room. And see, you're not fully persuaded about any of it. And that's where we are today in Christianity. We don't know what he said, and we're not fully persuaded about any of it. We're hoping it's all a bad dream. The difference is Christ in the room. I don't know how he does it. I don't care. I really don't care. But I do know that he said that I'm in the room. And I get to come and worship and adore the Almighty. Uh, We can fellowship and encourage other believers. And we can learn a spiritual truth today and take it with us tomorrow and the next day and the next day and a year from today. And that's what we're talking about. That's letting his word abide in you. Some of God's people, they come in, they listen to the preaching, it goes in one ear, right out the ear, one ear, right out the other ear, go out the door, and you're not abiding in Him. You're not letting His words abide in you. No wonder we're out of fellowship with the Almighty, and we don't even know it. We don't know how to walk with God. We don't know how to talk to God. We don't even know how to fellowship with the Son of God. And that's Christianity in the 21st century. You don't got a decade to get what I'm sharing with you this morning. And so we're going to talk about how you can walk with God. By the way, that was the purpose of God's working in you. And He put time, talent, treasures, and gifts in your hand. And you ought to be investing that which He gave you. He gave you a gift, a spiritual gift. And you ought to be investing that which He gave you that will produce dividends for Christ now and in the world to come. This is, this is proving ground, testing ground. It started in the garden. He proved Adam and Eve, right? It's, it hadn't changed. It's proving ground. It's testing ground. You see, if you, he's building character in all of us. And so John chapter 15, verse 5, I won't take the time to read all that, but verse 5 says, uh, I am the vine, you are the branches. He that abideth in me, and I in him the same bringeth forth much fruit. Without me, ye can do nothing. So, see, you see, why do I hide his, why, you tell me, why do I hide all this knowledge, his word, in my heart? And I want a Bible reason, you know. He's got an interest in your opinion. I want to, if you put it on the Bible, I can't argue with that. Psalm 119.11, the psalmist, thy, thy word have I hid in mine heart, that I might not what? Let me help you out, that I might walk with God. That's why, I, that's why I hide his word in my heart, so that I might walk with the creator, that I might not sin against God. I know what the Bible says, I know what the Bible teaches. Folks, I know what's right, I know what's wrong. I know, and you're going to have to hide his word in your heart if you're going to walk with him. By his side, as his friend, as his companion. There is no plan B. That means now you're going to have to make a decision. <laughs> that means you're going to have to change. You're going to have to repent. Okay, that means you're going to have to change your lifestyle. Uh, that means you're going to have to change your way of living. Uh, repentance is the change of mind now leading to a change of uh, direction. Folks, you don't have decades to get this. We're not doing the job. America's going to hell. God's people sleep. 
Christ never intended us to go around. He didn't intend us to walk around sucking our thumb for decades. He actually intended us to grow to spiritual maturity, to be a full-grown Christian when we meet the Son of God one day. And those who stand before him one day, you know, you're not going to stand before him one day unashamed by accident. See, if you stand before him one day unashamed, it would be because you made a decision by the grace of God. That's how you're going to stand. And it starts with a decision. Well, I'm not what he, don't know sure what he said. Missed some in Sunday school. Missed it. And now Sunday morning. And will you be back Sunday night? Okay, you got to decide. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 24 and 25. And let us consider one another provoke and love good works, not forsaking the assembly of ourselves together as a manner of some is, but exhorting one another <laughs> so much as you see the, uh, as more as you see the approaching. And so what are you saying? That's a decision. You got to decide. You're going to be back. Hard part over, hard part past. No, you make a decision. Now you have to discipline yourself to do what you decided. And now that you've made a decision to be here tonight, you've got an adversary. Every decision, as soon as you make a decision to walk with God, live for Christ, do the will of God, trouble comes, what's going on? The devil's now doing what is his character to do. He's going to pose every decision, every step you make, one decision to get close to God, he's going to, he's going to oppose every decision you make. And see, 1 Peter 5, 8, Be sober, be vigilant, because our adversary of the devil is a roaring lion, walketh about seeking whom he may devour. That's Y-O-U. See, Jesus was opposed by the devil every step of the way. You're not going to be exempt. Expect it's going to come. Persecution, negative circumstances. It's not going to happen. Folks, you should have got this when you were in a Christian home at seven years old. Now what are we going to do? Now we're going to have to, okay... We're not doing the job. We need to change the way we think. We need to change the way we live. We need to change the way we cut our hair. We need to change we need everything. Change. And it starts making a decision. See, I made a decision decades ago that I'd been in church. I had a successful business. I, didn't have, I had need of nothing. I didn't know what financial debt was until I started serving the Almighty. <laughs> I didn't know what it was financial. I had anything I wanted. Now I'm serving the Almighty. I'm $13,000 in debt. I said, what's the big deal here? You know. But you know what? I wasn't doing it his way. I was doing it my way. But when I turned over my finances to the Almighty, <laughs> I don't know a person on the planet to dime. And I don't make that much. See, I can't go to Walmart. I'm here with you folks this week. I'm totally dependent upon the Almighty to meet my needs. That's it. And I'm telling you, you can do a far better job meeting my needs than I ever dreamed possible. How is that possible? I'm telling you, he can do a far better job running your life than you can. He'd been running lives a long time before you got here. He'll be running lives a long time after you're gone. He's always done a good job. Never made a mistake. Why don't you walk with God? Why don't you let him call the shots? You're afraid you're going to mess up your life. Well, see, I'm telling you, he's never done that. Again, Christianity, you should have heard this. It's not being preached. I know it's not good. People don't want to hear it. And they, people, well, they can't take it. If I'm here, God approved it. Because he was up all night last night. There have no temptation taken you, but such as common man. God is faithful. He'll not suffer you to blow apart. <laughs> you see? See, I can't lay a finger on you except God gives permission. And so that's, that's false. You, you've been ready for it for decades. And God's people are saying, now, Norman, we don't want it. We don't want it. I want to do what I want to do. I don't want to do what I don't want to do. Then you're not a follower of Jesus Christ. 
I'm talking about walking with the Creator now. The one who split the Red Sea, who healed the sick, raised the dead. Tell me something that He said. Something that you're fully persuaded that He actually meant anything. And then you discipline yourself to do what He said so that you be well-pleasing in His sight. So that when He comes back, He'll say, Well done, thou good and faithful servant. You are faithful in a few things. I've got something marvelous for you. And so that's, again, why is it so important that we abide in Him, whatever that means. Well, He said, if you will do this, that's what I mean. God said, if you'll do this, this is going to be here. Okay, John 15, verse 5, I'm the vine, you're the branches. He that divideth me, and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit, for without me you can do nothing. Then He said in verse 7, if you abide in me, whatever that means, we'll get to that, my words abide in you, Whatever that means, ye shall ask what ye will, and it should be done unto you. So prerequisite to prayer is abiding his word in you, then you get what you pray for. And that's, you say, I didn't know that. Well, it don't take you another decade to get it. Okay, so then the third thing he said will abide in me <laughs> is the joy of the Lord. That's verse 11. These things have I written unto you that my joy might remain in you and that your joy may be full. And so I, I'm going to give you some verses. Uh, fruit, we ought to be a, a Mark 16, 15. I won't go to the Matthew 20, 18 through 20. See, remember, why did, why did I hide his word in my heart? Do you remember I shared with you? Why did I hide his word in my heart? So that I might what? Walk with God, right? We hide, we hide this word, you know, Psalm 19, let's see, uh, the law of the Lord is perfect, converting the soul, the testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple, the statute of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart, the commandment of the Lord is pure, lighten the eyes, the fear of the Lord is clean and enduring forever, the judgment of the Lord are torn righteous altogether, more to be desired are they than gold, yea, the much fine gold, sweeter also than the honey and the honeycomb, moreover by them as thy servant warned, and in keeping in them there is great reward, who can understand his errors, cleanse thou me from secret faults, keep back thy servant also from presumptuous sins, not even talked about that yet. Yeah, keep back thy servant also. Let them not have dominion over me. Then shall I be upright, and I shall be innocent from the great transgression. Let the words of my mouth and meditation of my heart be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. Joshua 1 8, this book of the law shall not depart out of the mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written there. For then thou shalt make thy way prosperous, and then thou shalt have good success. It's already been there. I mean, I don't know what we're just not being taught, okay? The kids want something real. Don't you want something real, the young people? You want to say, you want to say, don't, don't, you know, we get a guy to do as I say, but not as I do. We need to get away from that philosophy. You ought to live in such a way you can say, hey, you follow me as I follow Christ. That's right. You have to be able to say that, Dad. You ought to be able to say to the kids, hey, you follow me as I follow Christ. You know, not get in the car, you know, you're punching on, texting on your phone, and the kids look at you, and, Dad, what you doing? Well, it's okay, you know, there, it, there's, there's it, it, what are you teaching them? You're going to have to crucify your flesh. Galatians 5.24, those that are Christ have crucified the flesh with the affection and lust, and we've not even got started yet. Tell me, what is it to crucify your flesh, the affections of the flesh and the lust of the flesh? You know, we got to find out. And so that's why you need to be in this book, day and night, feeding the new nature that you have. And if you'll let this rule, this the Word of God rule, and dominate your mind, you're going to actually learn to think. 
you'll think right, and you'll think like the Almighty, and you'll learn to think God's thoughts. And when you think like God, think God's thoughts, you'll be transformed, the Bible says. You'll be changed, and that's where we are. Change begins by the new birth. If you've not experienced new birth, you need to receive the Lord as your personal Savior. The natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God. They're foolishness unto him, neither can he know them, because they're spiritually discerned. So you need to experience new birth. And now that you've experienced new birth, change continues as you yield to the Holy Spirit of God that you got at salvation and the Word of God. There is no plan B. There is no plan B. This is not our home past. We're merely, as a Christian, we're merely passing through. Only the things that we've done for Christ are going to last. And so you need to make, these are some decisions you need to make. I know you, some of you folks maybe have just heard this for the very first time. But uh, it needs to be said. Somebody, somebody, young people, you stand up, be counted. Somebody stand up and say, thus saith the Lord. And... Uh, so now, John chapter 15, so he, what was he saying? He's, we, uh, Matthew, Mark 16, 15, Jesus said, Go ye in all the world, preach the gospel to every creature. That's not just a good advice. That's not a strong suggestion. That is actually a command. John 14, 21, He that hath my commandments and keepeth them, he it is that loveth me. And God's people like and appreciate what he's done, but God's people don't love the Almighty. Right? You see, you see, John 14, 23, he that, hath, he that loveth me keepeth my sayings. John 14, 24, if a man loveth me not, he keepeth not my sayings. So you've got to find out, what did he say? That means you're going to, wow, sounds like a lot of work. You know, a lot of things you're going to have to change. I mean, yeah, you know, golf is probably out of the question. <laughs> You'll never be good in golf, you see. Uh, you probably overtime at work is that's 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 completely uh, no overtime. Uh, maybe your lifestyle going to change. The house may be a little smaller than it was, and uh, and the car you might have to get a you know I had an F four F four one fifty. Well, I had six new cars a year, <laughs> and then all of a sudden I got saved. Went down to a Yugo. <laughs> you go. You go for parts. You go for this. You go. You go. You got to be kidding. No, I, yeah, I, now I've got a Chevy Tracker. <laughs> it's his car. He, I tell him if it breaks down, you're paying for it. Don't look at me. <laughs> He's paying for it. You got to pay. I don't go and fight it. You know what I do? What I've learned? I don't go in financial debt to serve the Almighty. I can't wait till he runs out of money. <laughs> he goes broke. <laughs> I told him, I get to go home. I get to go home. I was telling my wife. I said, I can't wait till God goes broke. She says, well, where are you going to go? You going to come home with me or go home with him? I said, I don't really care. Either way, I was a win-win. <laughs> Y'all need to get out more, okay? I'm just like, okay, it's, just, it's not. We ought to be the happiest people on the planet. <laughs> you see, I'm on a mission for the Almighty, and I know it. Can't do this, can't do that, can't wear this, can't wear that, can't say this, can't do that. God's people complain about the Christian life. I'm telling you, I don't want what most of God's people say they have. <laughs> don't, don't rub off on me. I don't want what you have. It's a different sort of, I'm talking about a different sort of life. I'm talking about walking with I am, not the Hulk. Okay? You know, Captain America? I'm telling you. <laughs> John, they have nothing on the Almighty. <laughs> yeah. You see, these guys begin to go fade away. Once you get to know him, 
Philippians 3.10, that you might know him, the power of his resurrection. Do you know what it is, the, what great power it took to raise Christ from the dead? You need that sort of power in your life today if you're going to walk with God. And then the fellowship of his sufferings, conformable unto his death, knowing what it is to die, die to self more today than you were yesterday. But that's what he was talking about. And you need to decide. You're going to live for someone or something? Who are you going to live for? You're going to live for Christ? And then we need to decide. And so he says, here's how you do it. We were his ambassador, 2 Corinthians 5.20. Now then we are ambassadors of Christ. We're the representatives of Christ. <laughs> and why don't we live like it? Why don't we live like the children of God that God actually intended us to be? And we got to decide, so who, uh, uh, so Mark, go ye in all the world, preach the gospel of every creature. So what is he saying? Are you bearing much? So the fun, are you bearing much fruit? Are you reproducing yourselves in the lives of others? That's a yes or no. Okay, if not, if you're not reproducing yourself, you see grapes bear grapes, oranges bear oranges, we are to go out and win the Christ. With a disciple that was converse, they go out and win the Christ and disciple those. Men. It's the job of every Christian. That's what I am. To reproduce himself in the life of another. We're, we see, God knows, <laughs> uh, you know, how to break our rebellion, you know, disobedience. And so, you know, we want to be pleasing to God. So now we've now we got to decide if he actually meant any, any of it when he said, go, you know, the world preached the gospel of every creature. So now we're going to have to change our lifestyle. We're going to have to change what we do and begin, get, do it his way. And if not, if this is not in you, he said, it may very well be you're not abiding in him. I think that's a good, a good thing to check you out, right? Okay, when's the last time you led a soul to Christ? Last time you uh, told someone about your Savior? If he's so glorious to you. People get with me and they say, all you talk about is Jesus. Well, I don't talk about the New York Yankees or I don't know. Oh, the Chicago Cubs got in there, didn't they? They won that last game. I don't, I don't you know, I was sitting down somebody watching the Cubs. I watched the Cubs. Anyway, but uh, no. Genesis, he's the creator. Get to know the creator, the seated woman. Exodus, the Lamb of God for sinners slain. Leviticus, he's our perfect act priest. Numbers, he's the start of Jacob. Deuteronomy, he's the prophet like unto Moses. Joshua, he is the captain of the Lord's host. You've got to spend quality time in the Word of God every day. Stop living for yourself. That's a decision. Stop living for yourself and live for Christ and others. Period. Ha ha! Glory! No one can live that way, Brother Stevens. God says you can. And so we're going back to Christianity 101. Christianity 101. I haven't got to the tough stuff yet. Really, I, you're not ready for it. I, I tell you, you're not ready. This is Christianity 101. And so, are you interested in getting your prayers answered? Jesus said, if you abide in me, you can actually have what you ask for. <laughs> See, that's how I get things from God. <laughs> it's his truck. It's not my truck. His truck train. I said, you're paying for it. He don't stick a deer out in front of me. You know, I tell him, you stick a deer out in front of me. He said, are you going to speed limit? Are you doing what's right? I said, I'm doing right. You put the deer in there. It's your fault. My, my fault. <laughs> so, he had all these miles. He don't stick a deer out in front of me. Because he knows I'm not paying for it. He's paying for it. <laughs> Do you know him? You know, can you talk to him? Is he, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> I always ask people, I said, when you hit the deer, were you doing right? <laughs> when you hit the deer, do you, were you doing Are you going to speed limit? I mean, you... Maybe you're there quicker than you thought you should have been, or maybe you're slow. I said, you big Anyway, if God's sovereign, he won't let a nut come off your vehicle except he gives it permission. I always go back and find out why that nut come off. <laughs> Is it something I did? Is it something he did? Okay. So it's very, in the very nature of God to hear and answer our prayers. 
Psalm 65, 2, O thou that hears prayer, unto thee shall all flesh come. Mark 11, 17, Is it not written, My house shall be called of all nations, the house of prayer. Why would Jesus say in Luke 18, 1, that we all, all, men ought to always pray and not to faint, if you are not a prayer here, and in prayer answering God. Why would the apostle Paul command us to pray? 1 Thessalonians 5, 17, Pray without ceasing. So why do I hide his word in my heart? You remember, why do I, repetition aids learning. Why do I hide this amount of word in my heart? That I might what? Walk with God. Say it like you might mean it. That's right. I'm hiding his word in my heart so that I might walk with the Almighty. You can have the same thing. Like I say, I started out with Jesus wept, John 6, 47. Okay, don't take you long to get it. You can get it in no time at all. And then you move up a little bit more. And then you ask God for help. Ask him for a photographic memory. Ask him to get rid of your forgetter. But you've got to abide in him. Why should he give it to you anyway? If you're not abiding in him, you're thinking about him on Sunday and Wednesday from time to time. I'm talking about a lifestyle. I'm talking about the normal Christian life. What Christ actually intended his people to live. And so you got to decide. So, you know, Jeremiah 33, 3, call to me, I'll answer thee and show the great mighty things which thou knowest not. So I submit to you that God Almighty is a prayer hearing and prayer answering God. And uh, it, it ought to be the norm for him to answer your cry. Uh, Psalms 50, verse 15, Call upon me in the day of trouble, I will deliver thee, and thou shalt glorify me. And so, what was Jesus saying here in John 15, verse 7? He's simply saying this, If you'll abide in me, if you'll abide in me, whatever, you can ask, uh, you can have what you prayed for. Ha ha! Man, I'm telling you, it works! Uh, okay, are you getting your prayers answered? Are you getting results when you pray? If not, I'm just saying, Christ said, if not, if you're not getting your prayers answered, it ought to be. If you can go day after day, week after week, month after month without getting your prayers answered, you've got a serious spiritual problem in your walk with God, okay? That's all I'm saying. Because it's the very nature of God to hear and answer prayer. That's, see, I've got to live this way. I can't afford to live no other way. I've got to live a godly life in His presence. He says, to much is given, much is required. It's not like I can go, well, I did not know. If he takes away your forgetter, then you get to his hour of rebellion and disobedience. So, you see what I'm saying? Do you love him? Do you love the Lord? Do you know what he said? Maybe you need to love him more. Maybe you need to decide. You're going to love someone, something. You're going to love, and so you've got to decide. So, Jesus Christ intended the child of God to have the joy of the Lord every day. In times of sorrow, hardship, tough time. I mean, he actually, that's what John 15, verse 11, these things I write unto you, that my joy might remain in you and that your joy might be full. And so what was he saying in verse 11? If you, if you will abide in me, you can have the joy of the Lord. So I ask God's people, are you a joyful Christian? <laughs> are you rejoicing in the Lord? Or are you under the weather? <laughs> you under the, no. Well, if you're, not, if you're not rejoicing in the Lord, you know, you're not a joyful Christian. It may very well be you're not abiding in him. Because he simply stated, if you'll abide in me, you can have the joy of the Lord. You can have, get your prayers answered. You can bring forth much fruit. And so, what's going to happen to me if I don't abide in Christ? And I think that's where most of God's people on the planet are today. I know he's got 7,000 who have not bowed the knee. I understand that. But then he goes and he says, let me tell you what's going to happen if you choose not to abide. You choose not to abide in me. (laughs) That's in verse 6. If a man abide not in me, he is cast forth as a branch and is withered, and men gather them and cast them into the fire, and they are burned. Well, what is, what is he saying? You are living a, 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 a useless life as far as the cause of Christ is concerned. No, it's, 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 uh, when you meet him one day at the judgment seat of Christ, you'll have wood, hay, and stubble. 
there won't be nothing there to show that you really love him. You'll have nothing to cast at his feet to show that you love him, like and appreciate, but you'll have nothing to show him you love him. We're talking about a different sort of life. I know it, and we've missed it. But you can have the same thing. You say, preacher, what's going to happen? I already told you. Do you uh, so what was he teaching? He's simply teaching us that the branches, Christ was teaching his people about branches that are symbols of God's people. The branches are you and I. The vine is the Almighty, okay, Jesus Christ. And here it is. And the Holy Spirit of God is that blessed person who is in Christ and who is in you. See, we got the very same thing, the Holy Spirit of God. And the Holy Spirit of God that produced that marvelous life in Christ some 2,000 years ago when he was on the earth can produce that same sort of life in you today. And we who could not function apart from Christ, the vine, can begin bearing much fruit, can get our prayers answered, and we can have the joy of the Lord when everything goes bad. You better get a hold of this because things are not going well, okay? <laughs> you got around, you've been looking around? Okay, what did I say? How did Jesus do it? We're going back to Christianity 101. How did Jesus live on the earth some 2,000 years ago? Does the Bible tell us how Christ did it? It does. This is, this is, this is the book. This is, this, this is the book. You don't need any other book. This is the book. You open that book and say, Spirit of God, teach me truth. He will now meet you in that moment and in the discipline and empower you to live the Christian life. The normal Christian life. I know people saw, they call me a freak and a few other things, you know. But I'm sharing with normal Christianity 101. So we ask, how did you do it, Jesus? How did you live on the earth some 2,000 years ago? How did the Son of God fight the devil? How did he fight temptation? Well, it says in Luke chapter 4 and verse 1, Jesus, being full of the Holy Ghost, returned from Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. So how did Jesus do it? How did he fight temptation? How did he fight the devil? The Bible says he did it in the power of the Spirit. And the Bible says he returned in the power of the Spirit. Luke chapter 4 and verse 14, and Jesus returned in the power of the Spirit. Here it is. When you're controlled by the Spirit of God, filled with the Spirit of God, the very same Spirit of God that gave Jesus power will give you power today. How can you crucify your flesh? You crucify your flesh by walking in the Spirit. And that's another, hopefully, maybe Monday or Tuesday, I'll be able to share with you how you can crucify your flesh and get started on a journey This is that you die daily. And the more you die, the more you die, Jesus gets to live out his life in and through you a little bit more, a little bit more, a little bit more, a little bit more. And then he takes complete control rule and reign over your life. Because, see, you have no life. See, I, ha- I laid my life down 30 years ago to allow Christ to live out his life in and through me. And that's what he wants. He wants to live out his life in and through each of us the more that we die. And so, again, I say that's Christianity 101. We should have got it decades ago. And so you say, preacher, what's going to happen to me? Okay, if I do not and the of God, okay. Uh, if you do not abide in Jesus Christ, you know, and, uh, you know, what does it say? Uh, and, you, and you who cannot function apart from the vine can begin bearing fruit, get your prayers answered, and have the joy of the Lord. But if you do not abide in Jesus at Christ every day, you're throwing away much fruit. I'm telling you, you're throwing away answers to prayer. You're throwing away the joy of the Lord. God in heaven waits, desiring to hear the petitions of his people. And when his people pray, God does, in fact, answer prayer, sometimes instantly, sometimes a little later on, sometimes later on yet. Mark it down. God answers every sincere prayer of a Christian who is in fellowship with God. He misses none of them. Absolutely none. 
How do you know that? Been there, done that. So are you interested in abiding in Christ? Are you folks actually interested in doing what the Bible says to do? Keep from doing what it says not to do? You, you want to abide in Christ? Okay. So what we say, then you have to agree. Whatever, are you interested in abiding in Christ? Then you must agree. Whatever this abiding in Christ is, is mighty important, don't you think? Get your prayers answered. Bear fruit and have the joy of the Lord whenever the thing goes south. Wouldn't oh, it be great? That would be wonderful. Okay. That's why it's important. Now, I'm going to ask you in a minute if you're actually letting his words abide in you. Say, you're listening to me this morning. You come to church, Sunday school, you're listening, but that's not letting his word abide in you. For some of you, you want to leave. <laughs> you didn't know you were going to get... So you, don't let, you just can't... You go one ear right out the other. Okay, you're not abiding in Him. Okay, you're not letting His Word abide in you. Abiding in Him, His Word abiding you are the same thing. And so, that word, if I hid in my heart, that I might not send it to God, that I might walk with God. So then, it's not enough to take this in this morning. You're listening. It's not enough just to let His Word abide in you. Then He says, the second condition is verse 10. You've got to keep it. You've got to obey. And so as we go in, so the meaning of abiding in Christ, then what does it mean? Look at verse 4. Jesus said, abide in me. Okay, that word abide means to be united. So what was the Son of God his saying? He said, be united in me, son. Hey, come walk with me today. I saved you so that you would walk with me by my side as my friend and my companion. Get in the book, and I'll tell you what to do, what not to do. And, uh, and so you got to decide. And he says, and um, united in me, and I knew, as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself, except it abide in the vine, no more can you except you abide in me. And so then I, use, I usually use a plant. I don't have one today. Uh, I don't know whose all these plants belong to, you know. Uh, but uh, that one don't come apart. I, I don't want to tear them up. It's not mine. You know, somebody get all upset uh, if I tear up their plant and everything like that. I, I usually like an Easter lily. I don't like Easter lilies. They give me a, they make me sneeze and everything like that. And so I just on Easter Sunday I usually snap that thing off, and somebody really gets mad. You know what I'm saying when you snap off an Easter lily. But anyway, I should have did this early to got something around. Anyway, y'all, you'll see a picture. Okay, let's use this. Uh, Jesus is the vine. Okay, that's what he's talking about. He often used the physical to, speak, to teach a spiritual truth, you know. So he says, I'm the vine. Uh, this is a great vine. <laughs> the imagination. <laughs> no. Okay, so this is the vine and this is the branches. And so that's us. We, we, we're the branches and he's the vine. And if we are united in him, abiding in him, we can bring forth fruit, you know, grapes, you know, bring forth... Uh, get our prayers answered, enjoy the Lord. And so that's all he was saying, you know. And so this is not going to take you a decade to get it, okay? All right. And so this this little, this, uh, I'm not want to rip this thing off because it's not mine. And somebody get mad. Boy, they really glued that thing in there good, didn't they? But anyway, say if I was to take this part of, say this is part of the, the, the vine, uh, uh, the branch, and I took a pair of scissors and I cut this part of the branch right here, and I begin to hold it over here. It's not united in him no more. It's not abiding in him no more. It's kind of out here. And it's beginning to what? Verse 6. Verse 6. You know what it says in verse 6? If a man, if a, a branch abide not in me, his cast forth to the branch and the withered men cast him farther. In other words, what he's doing, he's, actual, he's living a, 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 a useless uh, absolutely useless life as far as Jesus is concerned. You know, he's not producing fruit. He's not getting his prayers answered. He's not getting his joy. And then he's just going to wither and he begins to die, okay? And so that's what he was, that's all he's saying. He said, you got to abide in me. You stay united in me in order to get your prayers answered. But this and over here, Psalm 66, 18, if I regard iniquity in the heart, the Lord will not hear me, you know. Uh, uh, was a few other ones. Yeah, the way the transgressor is hard. <laughs> that's this guy over here. And, uh, 
He that covers sins uh, shall not prosper, but whosoever confesseth and forsaketh shall have mercy. And so that's what we so uh, that's what we get to happen here. So death's beginning to set in. So the same thing is true for God's people that do not abide in the vine, but don't abide in Christ. So do you want to live a withered, dry, useless life as far as the cause of Christ is concerned? You see, I guess I could use this one over here. He's no longer okay. He was abiding in there. Yeah, see, I knew there'd be some. Okay, he's abiding in him. He's no longer abiding in him. He's beginning to die. And he needs, to, he needs to get right with God. You see what I'm saying? If we confess our sin, I'm not talking about a relationship with God once saved. I mean, once you're in, you can be rebellious if you want. I tell you, you still get in. Uh, but things are not going to go smoothly. Not gonna, you know, kinda, but anyway, he's going to do what he's going to do to break your rebellion, okay? You don't want to go down that way. But you can if you want to. And so he said in verse 6, so the man abide not in me is cast forth as a branch and withered and cast. And so what brings the child of God back in fellowship, see? Fellowship. We're talking about the fellow, not relationship. Once they, I'm talking about fellowship, and that's what then I tell you how I had His word in my heart that I might not sin against God, that I might not, that I might walk with God. That's a, that's a great. Y'all got that right? Let me go over it again. Not going to take you another decade to get it right. You got it. You got it. Yeah? Okay. It's going to be a test. There is going to be a test. Okay. So how can you avoid a withered, dry, useless life as far as the cause of Christ is concerned? Abide in Him. Stay united in Him. Keep a short account of sin. Stop you complaining. Philippians 2.14. That means do all things without murmurings and disputings. This is what God will do. Remember, He's building character in all of us, right? Some of us a little bit more than others, okay? Some, but don't, it's not wise to compare ourselves among ourselves. This is all I do. And I have to live a godly life in His presence. I can't afford not to live a godly life in His presence, okay? Much is given, much is required. And so I, just, I can't go back no more. He'll take me home. He often gives the repentant child of God a second chance. But he says, you get your nine to God. He said, don't you ever presume upon that. I will take you home. And so I, I can't, I don't have the luxury of trying to make, you know, you see, you see what I'm saying? I don't have the luxury of trying to, well, I just did not know. Well, because no, he says, too much is given, much is required. And don't be many teachers. And so it's, so I'm, so I'm just trying to help you take it to a new level. So that when you bow the knee one day, you won't be ashamed. And he can fix you up in the, for the world to come. This is all these. And so, um, where is all that in? So, what brings the child back in fellowship with the vine is confession. First John 1 John 1.9, we know that. First John 1 John 1.9, well, remember, God never intended you to complain ever. <laughs> I know people laugh at me when I say that. First John 2.1, my little children, see, I hide his word in my heart so I can walk with God. First John 2.1, my little children, these things I write unto you that you sin not. God said, I wrote that, that you would choose not to sin. You don't have to do wrong. You don't have to complain. If you do, it's not Adam's fault. It's not the, the rain. It's not the snow. It's your fault. And so what God will do, he's building character in his kids. He's doing it 24-7, 365, 66, some of you up late at night. And so he's up all night, and he's thinking with you. He's got you on his heart and mind. He said, how can I build character in my kids? And so then he goes through his thing. He says, yep, 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 yep. Oh, that'll bless my people. I'll make a day. And so you're in bed asleep, and he puts 14 inches of snow down while you're sleeping. And so then you get up, and you say, oh, me, what a lousy day. And then you're out of fellowship before you even get out the front door because you got 14 inches of snow you got to pick up. And so let me help you. Who put the snow down? Let him pick it up. <laughs> Y'all got to get out more, okay? Okay, who lives in you? This going to help you. Hey, you love, you, hey, you love cutting the grass, making the bed, and dusting for mom, right? Yeah. What, do you, what does he don't like doing, Dad? 
There's a chance to get him now. There's a chance to get him there. Ironing. You're ironing too, huh? Cleaning the toilet. You can't wait to clean the toilet, right? Wouldn't it be good? We could clean them things that's nice and clean. Right? Well, who lives in you? Are you or have you experienced this new birth? You know Jesus, your personal Savior? Okay. So Christ in you, right? Put him to work cleaning the toilet. <laughs> He never complained. I try to get him to complain. I get him be as nasty as you want. He still loves it. He just cleans the toilet. <laughs> Do you, you understand what I'm saying? It's not blasphemy. I'm just simply saying, he's taught me that decades ago. I used to complain. Man, have you been down in the basement and cleaning all these boards and all that? I had a mask on and all that stuff, getting your boogers, you know, and all that dust and everything. And I was down there complaining about the job, complaining about pulling out the... The dirt and this, that, and the other. And he says, well, no. Hello. I said, yeah, who are you? Oh, yeah, yeah. He said, you don't hear me complaining, do you? Shut up. Oh, I said, okay. <laughs> Y'all, Christ in you, right? He said, I didn't, I didn't make it up. He said, Christ in you. He breathes all that in. He just loves it. He, just, uh, he don't say anything about it. He just says, can you imagine if I was with you all day long? <laughs> You don't know how to run my you wouldn't you can you put up with about ten minutes, right? You get rid of me. You know the Spirit of God said I'll be in there forever. That's why I think you take him when you go to heaven. How am I asking one? I said, What were you thinking? I wouldn't want to be in you ten minutes, let alone forever. You know what I'm saying? Like, y'all do y'all actually think anymore? You think, right? <laughs> okay. Anyway. Folks, I'm not trying to take something away from you. This morning, I'm actually trying to lead God's people to something that's absolutely wonderful. <laughs> and to walk with God is a path that's wonderful. It requires obedience on your part. You say, how do you know that? Well, he said that. So here we go. So uh, how you, so a man was, man was not created to walk distant from God. You were created to walk up close with God. You know, like God met Adam and Eve in the cool of the day, he wanted you to come alongside, like they, in Genesis chapter 3, walk, talk, and fellowship with him every day. Micah 6 eight. He has showed the old man what is good. What did the Lord require of thee? To do justly, to love mercy, to walk humbly with thy God. And that's the problem. You see, it's not right. It's not right for the child of God not to walk in fellowship with Jesus every day. And that's the problem of God's people in the 21st century. They don't know how to walk with God. They don't know how to live for Christ. They don't even know how to do the will of God. They don't, have to, they don't even know how to glorify God. Because they don't know what He said. That's why it's so important. You be in church, Sunday school, Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night. Man, you miss, I'm telling you, you're missing out. Every time you... Get, let God have... Let Him be preeminent in your walk. Not prominent. Prominent is like one, two, three, four, five. Forget that. Let him be preeminent in everything. Above your family, above your friends, above your job. You can't satisfy God in your job on an equal plane and, and not have problems, you folks. You know man can serve two masters. And that's what Jesus said. And so, again, if, uh, if you do not produce fruit in your life today, it's not because you've not mastered the Romans' road. Romans 3.10, as it is written, there is none right. Romans 3.23, for all have sin come short. Romans 5.12, wherefore is by one man sin in the world. Romans 10.13, there are no... You know, it's not because you don't know what he said. The problem is you're not abiding in him. If you're not getting your prayers answered, it's not because you're not tried to pray. The problem is you're not abiding in Christ. 
If your life is miserable and is no joy, it's not because you're simply under the weather. The problem is you're not abiding in Him. You're not united in Him because Jesus said, if these things are not in my people, bearing fruit, getting your prayers answered, and the joy of the Lord, it's not my fault. It's your fault. You're not abiding in the vine. You're not abiding in me. You're not maintaining fellowship with the I Am. That's what Jesus said. Don't you think someone should say something? It's about time that... We find out how we can worship and live and walk with God. But it's been there right there, young people. You take it to a new level. So now we'll get to the two conditions. So importance of abiding in Christ, quickly, importance of abiding in Christ. Bear fruit, verse 5, it's on the test. Verse 7, get your prayers answered. And in verse 11, these things I wrote unto you that my joy might remain in you. So he can have the joy of the Lord. He promised, okay? And he cannot lie. And if these are things are not in you, it's not his fault, it's your fault, and you'll live a withered, dry, useless life as far as the cause of Christ is concerned. He never intended his children to live that sort of life. He actually intended us to grow in grace and knowledge and actually stand before him one day unashamed. So now the importance, so in the meaning of abiding in Christ is to maintain fellowship with God, and thereby you'll avoid that withered, dry, useless life. And number three, the conditions of abiding in Christ. This is so cool. If you're not abiding in Jesus, you have violated one or both of the conditions that he is now going to describe to us. So, first, you must let his word abide in you. And that's in verse 7. If you abide in me, and my words abide in you. And so, what was he saying? He's simply saying this. Abiding in Christ, letting his word abide in you are the very same thing. And so, the Bible is simply teaching us that the way that we abide in Christ <laughs> is to let the word of God abide in us. <laughs> that's so great. Okay, Psalm 1, We go back to that word about hid in my heart. That I might walk with God. That I might not sin against God. That I might not complain. I know he says, stop your complaining. Philippians 2.14. And then James 4.17. Therefore to him that knoweth to do it, and doeth it not to him it is sin. He's out of fellowship with the Almighty. And so many of you are listening to me, but that's not letting his word abide in you. For some of you, uh, that's just simply taking it in. See? And some of you are letting it go in one end right out the other. That's not letting his word abide in you. Here's what it means to let his word abide in you. Is taking the truths of the Word of God and not letting it go. <laughs> so it would probably be a good idea to ask you to get rid of your forgetter. Or just go over it and over it and over it. And over. You're in church and you're actually learning something. Okay? And so when you say, Preacher, what must I do? Before you go to bed today, and I would say before you leave and have lunch today, I'm, I'm, I'm just saying for me, I, it, you go over you say, Lord, you taught me today. That if I would maintain fellowship with you, didn't he, te- didn't he teach you that? If, you, if I will maintain fellowship with you, certain things are going to happen. You said I can bear much fruit. You said I can get my prayers answered and I can have the joy of the Lord. And then you need to go over it again in the morning. Don't go over it tonight before you go to bed. Lord, you taught me something in church today. I mean, you taught me that if I was in John chapter 15, verse 5... Uh, if you abide in me and my words abide, I am the vine, you are the branch, and he that abide in me and I in him, the same bring forth much fruit. And then you go over it again in a week, in two weeks, and then and only then, there's no other, then and only then are you letting his word abide in you. Until this, you didn't, you didn't get it. <laughs> you know, man, I did not know that. Well, I, it's been right there. And so now, you're, so then, that's not enough. You think, what, what do you mean it's not enough? That's the first condition, the letter's word abiding. The second is, you've got to be obedient to it. Look at verse 10. 
I'll skip her along. The second condition, it must be obedience. Well, that makes sense. To me, that makes sense. If you're going to take the word in, you're going to take the truth in, if I will maintain fellowship with you, I'll avoid a withered, dry, useless life. Verse 6, I need to maintain fellowship. I'll bear fruit, which I'm not bearing fruit, but now I'll bear fruit if I'm following living of Christ and obeying Him, and then I'll get my prayers answered. And you see God, and the more you get to know Him, you hunger to get to know Him more. <laughs> you know, and then you get, and when things go bad, you know, my mother was murdered. I don't know about you, but that was, that was bad. I wasn't expecting that. But you know what? I'd led her to Christ three days earlier. And that was the first funeral I preached. I was only four years old in the Lord. I didn't know that much. I really didn't know that much, but I did know that to be absent from the bodies of the present with the Lord. And God, the Bible says the vengeance is mine. God can do a far better job with those two guys to come into physical abuse than I can. And so he said, live for me. I'll take care of it. And I said, okay, you got it. See, it's just a matter of knowing who he is. And I can still have the joy of the Lord. Regardless of the circumstances, you know, Social Security. I can't wait. Could just wouldn't it be great? Social Security goes down a drum. And no more Social Security. I had a brother in Christ said, "After I'm dead, after I'm dead." I said, "You need to get get to know the Lord." See, my faith is not in Social Security, folks. My faith is in the Almighty. He said he'll take care of uh, meet all needs, all my needs according to His riches in Christ Jesus. Matthew six thirty three says, "Seek ye first the kingdom of God." Okay, let's go back. So, verse 10, if you keep my commandments. You see what he says in verse 10? Jesus said, if you keep my commandments, son, you shall abide in my love, even as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. Here's what he's saying. Uh, You need to live by the truths of the Word of God, period. (laughs) The Bible needs to govern you in your life. The Bible needs to dictate your actions. Submit yourselves, therefore, to James 4, 7, right? Submit yourselves, therefore, to God. That's a decision. When you make a decision to sit and you sit, well, I'm not always what's right. Well, that's why he gave you the Bible. Submit yourselves, therefore, to God. Resist the devil, he will flee from you. The only way you can submit yourself to God, see, there's not 25 different ways you can submit. The only way you can submit yourself to God is to bring yourself under the authority of God, under the rule of God, as it is expressed in the Word of God. (laughs) Gladly submit yourself to God. So, it's going to take you another decade to get it. Folks, I'm telling you, you don't got a decade to get it. See, this don't take a decade to get. People are now saying, Norman, we got it. Okay, you say, did you get it? Did you get it? We got it, but we don't want it. And I can't help you. If you want to walk in the flesh, walk around all day long under the flesh, you want to think, walk with thoughts of anger, envy, jealousy, and lust, if that's the way you want to live for Christ, I can't help you. But folks, if you want to walk with God, live for Christ, pursue the will of God, and glorify God, I can help you. You see the difference? So you should have mastered complaining by now. If you've got any years at all of a Christian, you should have mastered that. God never told you something that you could not do. If he did, he's a liar. He's not worthy of my devotion. But the difference is I really know him. And he actually meant what he said. He said, I never intended you to complain ever. 1 Samuel 15, 22, Samuel said to Saul, to obey is better than sacrifice. I'm here to say it's better for us to do right than getting forgiveness for doing wrong. We don't have to do wrong. If you do, it was your fault. It was not Adam's fault. 
And so you got to decide. So, uh, y'all coming back, right? We're just getting started. I ain't even got started yet. This is, I'm, this is the easy stuff, okay? You say, you got to be kidding. No, I mean, matter of fact, I'm going back nearly 30 years now. Something that we should have got when we were seven. Somebody, you should have had some of this memorized already and applied it to your life. What have you been doing all the, all the time? No wonder you see you're not letting his word abide in you. It's something, this is so important that we get this so we can actually now move forward in our spiritual growth. So uh, do you know why some of you are not in fellowship with the Almighty? I'm just, you know. Okay, so verse 10 says, if you, if you keep my commandments, you provide in my love, and so it needs to govern your life. So what was he saying? You need to do what the Bible says to do and keep from doing what it says not to do. If you do not, if you're not doing what the Bible says to do and keep from doing what it says not to do, you're not abiding in mine. You is out here somewhere. I didn't write it. I'm just simply saying what he said. And so, do you want to live... Uh, do you know why some of you are not in fellowship with the Lord? It's very simple. You've either not allowed the Word of God to have any place in your heart. Okay, tell me something to say. You, you see, you're fully persuaded that they actually studied Second Timothy two fifteen, studied to show thyself approved unto God. He worked not to be ashamed. Right? So you're doing that. Or Ephesians four thirty one thirty two, let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and evil speaking be put away from your all mouths. Be kind to the heart of forgiving one another. Even for God. We, that's a lost art. So tell me something that he actually said. He's fully persuaded. And see, that's what I'm saying. That's where, that's where no wonder where's the mess down here. So you've got to get in the book and feed the new nature that you have at the new birth. And do what the Bible says to do and what not to do. Then you're abiding in him. So when you do not obey the word of God, so it's not enough to let his word abide in you now. Now that you take the word of God, then you need to be obedient to it. Uh, when, you don't allow, when you allow sin in your life, you're not abiding in Christ. It's that simple. And that's where God's people are today. So, what did we learn this morning? <laughs> the importance of abiding in Christ. Y'all want to go home and eat, right? All right. Not one, I want just somebody, number one, and then I don't want, I want, don't, I want an opinion. I want you to back it up with the Bible. Why is it? I gave you three. Why is it so important? They're abiding in Christ. We gave three. Jesus gave us three things that will happen if we'll abide in Christ. What was one of them? Y'all want to go home, right? Bear fruit, did somebody say? Bear fruit, right? And that was in verse verse 5. See, she was listening. She was actually listening. Praise God. See, she stopped it somewhere. I remember mom telling me, stick my finger in my ear. <laughs> you know, we, had, we don't even listen, okay? We don't, it's an art. It's an art. I, I, I had to learn to listen. I, I had this one pastor, he wanted to give me a book. Did I tell you about that? He, I said, pastor, I don't want the book. He said, well, I want to give you a book. I said, I don't want the book. Well, you need this book. I said, I don't want it. He said, well, and then finally, he, he wasn't listening. And so I said, okay. <laughs> I'll take it. I guess I finally got it. He wanted to give me that. I'll take it. I said, is it the gift? He said, yeah. I can do anything I want to with my book. <laughs> yeah. I went and dropped it in the trash can. <laughs> he said, well, Brother Stevens, you didn't want my book. <laughs> oh, man. What part didn't you get? Oh, anyway, we don't even hear God no more. We don't even hear each other. <laughs> you know, it's an art to listen. And Anyway, did that happen? That's really true. That actually happened, you know. He got it. I said, you get that. I said, your life is going, the wife is going to love you. <laughs> you know, and then you go here. Oh, okay, so what did you learn? So number one, fruit, right? That was in verse five. Then answered prayer, praise God. And that was verse 
You know, I get, I think, a 7-Eleven. You know, down south, there's 7-Eleven stores, you know. So five, and then 7-Eleven in the store. And you, I tell you, you know, mat, <laughs> doormat, you know. Okay, you, you, it'll work. You gotta, so anyway, so seven is, if you abide in me, my word's about you. And then verse 11, joy. And so he said, if you'll do this, if you, these things will be in you. If you what? If you abide in me, if you stay united to me. And then if you abide in him, fellowship with God, you'll avoid something. What will you avoid? If you, that was verse 6, right? Verse 6, he said, you'll avoid a withered, dry, useless life as far as Jesus is concerned. In other words, when you bow before him one day, you'll have something to show him that you love him if you maintain fellowship with God. And then the two conditions of abiding in Christ... The first one is verse 7. If ye abide in me, my words. That's what you're listening to, right? You're listening. Your words abide in you. His words abide in you. And then what was the second condition? Verse 10. You see how you see, if you keep my commandments, you shall abide in us. So what you need to do to let his word abide in you. you man, I didn't know all that. Miss Ben right there. No, before you go to lunch today, once you say, Lord, you taught me something wonderful today. You told me that if I would maintain fellowship with you, I can get my prayers answered, have the joy of the Lord, and bear much fruit. And I just need to get in the Bible and let your word go over it, and not only just keep going over it, that I need to be obedient to it. And then, no telling what God might do with me, you know? So y'all coming back tonight, right? Again, this that was that somebody loved me enough to share that with me nearly 30 years ago, and what I was taught 30 years ago, I have shared with you today, and this will be a launching point for. There's all sorts of hope for the future. Now, every time you come to church, knowing what pastor said, you know, teach me. I go and say, teach me truth, O oh Lord, teach me a, a biblical truth. And so now we'll get started. Maybe I'll do tonight. Uh, a, how about a living sacrifice this after tonight? I'll talk about that out of Romans twelve one and two. Paul was so concerned about the people of God in Rome. He said, "I beseech you guys. I beg you. I urge you. You've got to present your body. That's the next step. Now that you know what he says, you hide your word in the heart. You walk with God, and now you've got to give your life to Christ. Y'all happy to be here, right?" Happy and purged, right? Isn't it great? No chastening going on. You're not that good. <laughs> We're not of that good, you know. But God just, you know what God was doing? He said, I love you. All he's saying is, I love you. I love you. He said, I love you too much to let you go on to find me. Don't you see that? He loves us. Wait, you wouldn't let your kids play in the street. Come on, Mom, Dad. He don't want you to play in the underbrush where the devil lives. He don't want the devil to devour you and leave no trace you've been here. God loves his children way too much. He said, go tell my people. And so I'm just saying I love you, and I'm telling you, Lord, we love you. We, we love you. I know I love you. And Lord, we can all, we, we, uh, there's room for improvement. Oh, dear God, I pray that we'll take what we've learned today. I pray that we might go over it. It wouldn't take very long to just read John chapter 15, you know. And just start at verse 5 and go through verse 11. It, it wouldn't take any time at all. And then go over it again. And then go over it again. And say, God, you said if... You taught me today that if I would abide in you and maintain fellowship with you and do what the Bible says to do and keep from doing what it says not to do, I can bring forth fruit. I can walk with you uh, by your side as your friend, as your companion, and have my heart burn within as you reveal yourself to me. And, Lord, I want that for your people.
Oh, dear God, help us to do something today. Our decisions made. In every decision we make, we draw one step closer to you. And I pray that that will be said today. And, and we'll be careful to give you the thanks and praise for what we've accomplished now. In Jesus' name, amen.